Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this bonus content from episode 14, Hijacked Freedom, with our very special guest, Oz Guinness. For this bonus episode, the guys debriefed the discussion with Oz, so if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I would highly encourage that you go do so now. For those of you who have already listened to Hijacked Freedom, I hope this short bonus content helps you to continue to understand the profound significance of freedom as defined by God. I, I can't believe I've never heard that before. Which? The connection between the Constitution and the Covenant, oh, and the have? Hebrew Covenant, oh, wow. yeah. and unpack that clearly in that way. Yeah. Mm. And the idea of we the people will commit to one another. Uh, who's his name? The, the guy that spoke to us in England uh, on Covenant the, he, from he, Latin America. I mean, he, that was kind of... Uh, that was his thing, but he didn't say that. Yeah, he I never heard that. He wasn't quite as clear as no, all. No, he was yeah. I just was... Well, I remember leaving that week going, well, it's important, but I still don't understand it. Mm-hmm. Well, he... See, he was invited because I think I wanted him to come because of the conversation I'd had with him in the airport. Mm-hmm. And it was just so clear... And, of course, Hein is working on covenant for marriage. So we said, well, let's bring the two of them together. But I never made this connection. I'm whatever. I was asleep at the wheel that day or something. But uh, No, it's profound. And you have the Mayflower Compact. That was a covenant for the people coming on the Mayflower. And it came out of the Old Testament concept of covenant. And maybe that's one of the reasons that we don't have that in the church today is we focus so much on the Gospels and the New Testament. Mm -hmm. We don't put as much weight on thinking about some of those, the words of the Old Testament, the concepts of the Old Testament. And covenant is, it's foundational. I'm I'm reading Deuteronomy right now, you know, just in my own devotions, you know, in so in the morning, each morning where I'm reading to Kim and to Annalise, we're just reading a chapter. And um, you know, how you read these books and then like so we're talking about freedom and mm-hmm. covenant, you know, right now, and you read it with a new lens, a right? New lens. It's just unbelievable. Like I'm just going, <laughs> you know, because Deuteronomy is all about choice you know i mean it's it's this choose this day right you know mm-hmm. and there's the two mountains right blessings and curses you know it's about choice and it's about covenant you know it's about be true to the covenant right you but you have right. to choose that right you have to choose this you know uh, relationship this it's like yeah well and oz mentioned it god is faithful to his covenant he is trust Worthy, He's worthy of trust because he keeps his covenant. I will never, you know, right. And even when we forsake, when we turn our back on him, he doesn't turn his back on us. And this is one of the things that I teach when I'm teaching. uh, I teach on Hosea what it means to be a husband. And Hosea was told by God to marry a prostitute. Why would God ever do that? Because God wanted Hosea to model before the world how God relates to Israel, who had prostituted herself, who had broken her marriage vows. 
And God tells Hosea, even after his wife goes back to whoring again, go back and get her, buy her out of slavery. Mm. Why? Because God is a covenant-keeping God. He keeps his promises even when we don't. Mm. And that's what marriage is about. Yeah, that's, that's I remember, um, oh, who's our, <clears throat> it's a guy up in Moscow, Idaho, um, uh, the minister, Doug, Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson. You know, when I was reading about marriage early in our married years, you know, he, I read one of his books on marriage and he was talking about Ephesians and how marriage is a picture of the relationship between yes. Christ, Christ and the and church, church, which yeah. is covenant. Yeah. And he made that point. He said, it's, you know, every marriage, it doesn't matter what, if you're Christian or not, every marriage is a picture of that covenant. Yeah. And it might be a bad picture, a false picture. Or a good picture. Or a good picture, but it's always a, it's always speaking of that covenant. It was really, that really and struck me. Yeah. I, I think what was new to me, though, and it was just maybe it wasn't new what he said, but it was a click in my brain, was I've always heard covenant in God. Yeah, God, our relationship with God is a covenantal one, or his with mm-hmm. us is covenantal. And then in marriage, that, that because of your illustration as well, that's a covenantal. But what, what he was talking about is, in terms of the United States as a covenantal form of government for all people with one another, mm-hmm. that, that was a new wrinkle for me. I usually hear, oh, it's God and us, and it's husband and wife. But the fact that you and I live the way the best government possible is a covenantal government. That's right. But normally we go, no, the best government is where you have clear authority, clear power, and clear consequences. Yeah. You break the law, you go to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, and and uh, the, the strongest governments are the ones that have clear power on top and everybody follows and obeys. He's going, no, the best government is actually a covenantal yeah. government. That was a new thought that our Constitution is actually the covenant of the United States of America. Well, the other thing, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, in business. Exactly. Same. You used to say, hey, Dwight, I'll do this. Shake hands, and we've got a deal. We've got a deal. We just shook hands. That's it. Because Because we have a covenant business agreement. We have a covenant mindset. Mindset. Mindset of how we govern our relationship. Of covenant, of how our relationship. So a contractual is based on really our word. Our word. Our trust all you we need can, is we my can, word. We can be trustworthy. We and can be so trustworthy. trustworthy. Yeah. And to eliminate all of that bureaucracy, you can get things done so quickly. So quickly. And so efficiently. Because each of you is working out of trust. And what do we need now? We need a thousand page documents to deal with all well, the details. And, and 10,000 lawyers behind those. No, exactly. And so anyway, it's, it's, it's a different but it world. Show, no, it is. But it shows again the importance of words and how words shape culture and ultimately shape behavior. And uh, It's interesting how, how Elizabeth Eumanns, our friend, the educator, teaches this to first graders and second graders yeah. in that she brings them together. And on the first day, I remember her telling us this, she sits down and says, what are, what, how do we want to treat each other as, as classmates this year and me as a teacher? And they actually agree on how each one wants to be treated and wants to be treated by the other. Mm-hmm. And then they make a sworn promise to one another. And she says, now that's our covenant, that we're going to be ruled by a classroom covenant this year. And it's us together 
you know, yeah. enforcing this yeah. because we all want – and it's like, that's it. Well, you're that's, treating you, – you know, she's a, modeling what it means to treat a, people as, as free human beings. Right, but it, by, by using a covenant yeah. as governance. Right, that's and how she governs the word. Right, not as cattle or as subjects, but as free right. human beings. Yeah. She's but, introducing the concept and the word to them. I, and it's such a great model. It's yeah. so simple, and it's – it's a second grader, yeah. of all things, you know. But all of this is—it's—it's it's the Bible gives rise to a particular kind of government. It's That's not just any government, and I think this is where a lot of Christians they go. Government doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. You know, it's—it's it's, you know whatever government, it doesn't matter. It's just getting people saved, getting them into church, things like that. And I'm like, no, being a faithful as a Christian means moving towards a kind of government, a particular government. kind it's, of it's, government that's covenantal. It's this. That's that's right. Because that, that government ultimately releases, most beneficially releases the gifts and the abilities of every of human being. Individual. It treats a, people as free, right. and that's what they are. And you know, God made them free. And for the purpose of flourishing. Right. That's right. And how would, it, how would I know that this person has this gift and this ability and this solution that I need unless they're free and I encourage that. And that doesn't come out unless you have this kind of relationship yeah. because people are stifled otherwise. This is not being taught anywhere today in our society, anywhere, including the church. That was kind of my point. Like we've lost it. This is our story. This is, this is our identity. We're not even, we don't know it. People don't know it. And it's not being taught anywhere else. This is where I feel like, oh, you know, is it too late? You know, is it's it... never too late. Well, hopefully those second graders still get it. <laughs> it's never, um, you're right, Daryl. It's a... never too late. <laughs> Amen. I think, <laughs> but it's, wow. but it's getting pretty but... late. <laughs> Anyways, it's never too late. But boy, you gotta, you've got to start by understanding these things yourself. You have to take responsibility to understand these things yourself. Well, and start with your sphere. Start with your family, yeah. your classroom, your company, your workforce. You know, what is it? And, I, and, and, and create and, this kind and of government. foster this kind of covenantal, free type of society, the kind of society you want to live in. Do it yourself. And then I think the other thing is don't allow the tyranny don't, you know, just say no to that. There's got to be a kind of a resistance to that. Like, we aren't going to let that, to the degree that we're able, uh, we're going to stand against that. Yeah. But before we do those things, we need to redeem the word. That word needs to become part of our vocabulary again. And the word is? Covenant. Covenant, okay. Or freedom. What does that mean? Truth. What does it, we live in a post-truth culture? Even the church today, it's about truth is my truth, my feelings. It's not about truth that's objective. This is why the whole project on words is so important, not just the individual words that we're discussing in that, but the whole concept of the importance and power of words. And this is why Webster, going back to Webster, he realized that you need to have, if you're going to have a free society, he needs to create a dictionary for a free society. The English Dictionary of England was not good enough for a Republican 
covenantal form of government. Mm. So he spent 25 years of his life writing the American Dictionary of English. The church doesn't understand that. I do think there's hope in the fact that people are still, like Oz said, as Americans, we're hardwired for freedom. Mm Mm-hmm whether you're Christian or not. You don't, like, how many of you want to live in a tyranny and have your freedom taken away? Most people would say, no, I don't. I don't want that. So you've got to start with that and say, if you don't want that, there's only one way to have that. Mm -hmm. And we have to be, we have to be, I think, confident and bold enough to say that. You're only going to get... And be able to explain why. And explain why. You're only going to get it in one way. I, I think, I think... I would counter the everybody. You're, you're not, not not saying this, but everybody is wired for freedom. Um, the difference is that if you don't experience it, you start to lose an awareness of its importance. You know, uh, and you start to think it's not it doesn't even exist. Mm-hmm. In other words, if you live in an oppressive environment, you go into a survival mentality in a family or with an abusive parent or something. And then you all at once get into a healthy family and you go, oh, my goodness, you can breathe here. Yeah. And all at once that starts to come out, you know, that that, freedom. And to be human is to be hardwired for freedom. 